I'm literally going to be thinking about the lack of D in that song title <laughs> for, for like the rest of the month. <laughs> and there's the pull quote. <laughs> I just feel like I'm having an existential crisis now. Oh my lord. Welcome to Unmuted and Mastered. My name's Will, and this is the internet's most powerful music podcast. On the show this week, I'm joined by James. Hello. And our brand new permanent co-host, Elle. Hi. I assume you said something, but it didn't come through over Discord, so, so we'll, we'll run with that. I, okay. Interesting. On the show this week, we're reviewing the new album from Fireworks. We've got the upcoming releases you need to know about, but first, the news. James, what have you got for us? This week, we have a story from The Guardian. Um, there's been a fundamental blow. There's been anger over a threat to the BBC introducing a music discovery platform. And it's, yeah, it's believed to be under threat. Um, this is from Dave um, Simpson. For days, uh, social media has been buzzing with reports that the local radio, um, popular local radio side of what the BBC calls its platform supporting unsigned, undiscovered and under the radar UK music talent is going to be scaled down um, with claims that 32 BBC introducing presenters have been put on notice for the redundancy. A source from The Guardian says it was a plan to rationalise the network uh, with two-thirds of the reduction in number of shows, which would operate across larger regional boundaries. Um, such changes would greatly increase competition and reduce the amount of airtime available for individual emerging artists. And yeah, and you, you can see why there's been such a buzz and anger coming from social media platforms when... This has been quite a big thing for emerging artists um, in recent years. And the fact that uh, it's going is not great. Um, it'll just mean that we have to go to other places for new music content. Um, but I guess that's why you would listen to this podcast. Um, but yeah, it's it's one of those things that seems to be dying out when I don't think we would want it to. <laughs> I mean, it seems like the plan is basically they're going to axe a bunch of the more local ones and make it like wider regions. So instead of having BBC introducing Cornwall and BBC introducing Devon, they're going to just have BBC introducing Southwest, right? And, and to try and basically reduce costs while still kind of delivering. And their, their argument there talking about kind of available airtime from individual emerging artists is basically... The, the artists that do get promoted will have a wider audience when they do. So it's kind of giving a bigger artist, uh, a bigger platform, but to fewer artists. I I mean, it, it kind of follows general trends in the radio industry where, um, I mean, you saw lots and lots of, um, over the past, I guess, 20 years, really, of more local radio stations being kind of conglomerized into kind of bigger regional hubs where maybe you'll get some local news like thrown into your local broadcast but 
the majority of the programming's coming from like a central London hub or if you're lucky I guess maybe kind of a regional one like you know Radio Cambridgeshire or something like that but not kind of more local stuff I guess so yeah it kind of follows general trends but when it comes to taking out you know a big mechanism for the UK to promote its new artists which then leads to kind of soft power for the UK in general because those artists then can often go on to become superstars it yeah it feels like something that the government kind of should be funding but I guess it's hard for them to direct that funding to the particular things that need to be funded like that but also the government hates the arts so like there's that as an issue already but I think it's it's like yeah like you said like it's another kind of thing that's indicative of the trend of that kind of flattening of the variety that we'd get in the music scene and I think particularly with the way the music scene has changed in recent years with streaming platforms and particularly with social media where you get viral songs and like on TikTok where you get just like viral very short snippets of songs like wasn't there that um there was footage of that Steve Lacey gig wasn't there where like the audience like only knew like a part of I think it was Bad Habits or something because of like that part of the song had gone viral um and I'm like that already is kind of flattening the the kind of variety of music that is pushed into kind of mainstream listening avenues um and like this is just yet another thing that's going to make it more difficult for smaller artists up-and-coming artists and regional artists particularly ones that aren't near music hubs quote-unquote I don't really know (laughs) what else to call that but bigger cities I guess where you get more opportunity it's just it's a real shame because you you're going to miss out on a lot of really exciting artists and really innovative music and I feel like a really like grumpy old person saying this but I'm like oh it's just like (laughs) ruining music um which is not of course it's not like people are still going to make the music but I think it's just it's a real shame that that music isn't going to get the same opportunity for discovery um I think it's disappointing for obviously the artists but also listeners who want to discover new music and it's just like yet another thing that means it becomes more difficult to find those artists that you end up loving yeah and it puts more and more strain i guess on the algorithm to solve all of the problems and expecting that that you know your music streaming service is going to you know promote those bands to you and i i don't think in most cases they are i mean i guess the big thing is that radio's just not all that popular anymore right so i i guess is there a different way that the bbc could take it because obviously they do kind of festival stages and stuff to promote those artists with bbc introducing but i don't know is i don't know if there's some kind of digital solution to this where they can find a maybe a more modern way of of promoting local artists yeah no i suppose like there's been a kind of movement i know from um the bbc where they're scrapping loads of their older radio presenters 
Um, I saw, I think, like yesterday, like Ken Bruce is leaving Radio 2 or things like that. So I think they are trying to kind of modernise or reach like a younger audience with the radio um, stations and things like that. Um, But yeah, it feels like there needs to be a kind of more innovative solution um, and they need to kind of, there needs to be a way of like tapping into the way people are discovering music, which does seem to be through streaming and social media and algorithms. But the issue is that that's so hard to kind of tap into when you're a smaller artist or things like that. So it feels like it's, I don't know, responsibility feels like a big word, but it feels like there is a certain level of responsibility for organisations like the BBC um, to coordinate efforts to introduce emerging artists through like their social channels um I don't know if they're doing anything with like BBC Sounds app or like things like that I don't really know what their plan is I don't think they do I think they're just kind of clutching at straws and hoping that someone will tune in um but I think it's just whilst they're kind of scrambling to get listeners back onto the radio they're letting a lot of the things that I think would perhaps draw people in if they were marketing it better I think they're letting those things go it seems like an obvious solution to get it on a digital platform like the Sounds app or some website that a lot of eyes are going to rather than having it as it currently is as a radio show. Um, yeah, it feels like it would be a cheaper option and a faster option, um, but it's just probably something that we're not going to be seeing real soon, which is a shame. I mean, you could imagine them having kind of a music part of the bbc website which i'm sure they probably do but i've never seen it just having a music part and it being here are five new artists that you could hear this week from around the country or something like that or and putting up you know spotify playlists and whatever they can link out to the bbc sounds apps to keep kind of traffic going to that those places and link back to the introducing stuff but yeah it seems like they're kind of trying to get into the podcasting space by using their existing shows and it i don't know for they're not fully embracing it by locking everything down to bbc sound so i don't use the bbc sounds app so i never see what they're doing on there so feels like they're not really reaching out as much but if you are a new artist who's trying to get uh, some promotion you can email us at amutermastered at gmail.com to let us know either if you have an upcoming release you want us to mention in our upcoming releases segment or you've got an album coming out that we might want to review on that note let's get on to our review for this week we're looking at higher lonely power by fireworks released on the 1st of january 2023 is the band's first album in nine years released via the band's own label funeral plant collective clocks in at 43 minutes and 55 seconds and it's 12 tracks long engineered by mark hudson mixed by andy nelson and mastered by brad boatwright let's get into general thoughts james why don't you kick us off what did you think about this album well before i listened to this album all the way through i listened to the first track a little bit and that really set up an expectation, which I don't think um, really showed what the album was about. So 
really I hoped for more. I hoped for some more bite, some more grit, some more heaviness to this album, which I didn't end up getting. But I saying that, I still don't think I've had enough time with it. I was hoping for a more a more protest theme, a more of a protest uh, about current religion. And it seems like it's a protest about American churches, basically. Um, but it just didn't hit in that way. And I think I think a lot of that is to do with the um the lyrics and or not the lyrics. I think the lyrics were there and the lyrics are fine, but how they kind of just faded back into the mix. And I feel like that's this kind of the same with all the instruments, really. They felt thrown into this part and they don't just don't feel like they've been glued together. Um, and I, I don't think it really has that unique, special, secret ingredient that I want. And going back to the expectations, I did expect, expect that cool, like heavy punk sound. And I think that it would have really worked for them. Um, I haven't listened to their previous stuff, so maybe they're not that band to begin with. But it sounded more like The Killers to me than what I wanted. And I don't think that really worked for what the theme was about. Um... But saying that, I did enjoy it. It's just my set expectations were not at the place they should have been for the album. L, what's your general thoughts? Um, I really liked it, but I think also I'm coming at it from someone who was raised in a very religious household. I'm very, I was raised Catholic, um, so we're talking like Christian, Christian. So I think there was a lot with the themes that resonated with me, which kind of naturally then drew me in. Um, but I do kind of agree that there were some kind of parts to it. I think that it just didn't feel quite as honed, doesn't feel like the right word. It, it just feels like it needed a bit more editing, I guess. Um Again, there were certain songs that were real standouts and I was like, oh, I really, really enjoy this. But some of them felt a bit samey, either like similar, too similar to other songs on the album or too similar to kind of songs or sounds that are already out there and are already kind of very popular. And I was like, if you're going to take this concept and run with that kind of experimental vibe with certain songs I kind of wanted that to be across the whole album and it to be very uh kind of experimental um and kind of felt like they were sometimes going in that direction and sometimes going a bit more I guess like cookie cutter typical uh like indie pop song or, or indie rock song type thing and then in other cases they were going a bit more um punk and more interesting I guess um but overall I enjoyed it and overall like thematically there was a lot that I really enjoyed and a lot of the I kept writing down little snippets of lyrics that I was hearing because I, I really really liked certain turns of phrase um that they used um and yeah I think again as someone who was kind of raised 
with exposure and knowledge of the bible <laughs> sounds really weird but like that but it um i enjoyed the way that they played on themes and stories from those texts and how they're interpreted in modern christianity um so overall enjoyed it but kind of wished they'd done more with it i really enjoyed this album um it i mean to kind of set the scene for listeners it's kind of a power pop emo record it reminds me of the world is a beautiful place it reminds me of foxing um I think the first half kind of has the tracks to pull you in. I'd agree, James, that opener is a red herring, and I completely understand if you listened to that one song and expected the rest was going to be in that vein. It's going to be... a. I mean, it's a hard shift into that second track. Um, but for me, actually, those more pop-focused parts are, are the my favourite moments where it, it goes all in on that kind of um, euphoric kind of... Uh, the crowd's going to be singing along at the gig type sound. I think they pull that off really well. And because of the the kind of themes of the album, it, it kind of plays into that because obviously I'm sure lots of people share that experience of kind of growing up in a religious household or with religious schools and kind of that catharsis of kind of being with other people who shared that same experience actually I think works well with this kind of cathartic kind of release of energy i think in the second half and we'll get more into it i think there are a few tracks where i feel like oh maybe you could have experimented more or maybe this isn't doing enough to really capture my interest on the first few lessons but i'd kind of push back maybe against the idea that it needed more editing i think in all of these songs there's loads and loads of detail um there are great synth parts kind of percussion coming in and doing one hit and then going away there's lots of kind of interesting uh vocal processing on the backing vocals as well it is very intricately made i think and yeah maybe they could have gone further in general kind of terms but i think in, on the back end of the post-production everything seems like incredibly precise and crafted um so overall, yeah, I really enjoyed this album. Um, but we'll get into the details now. It opens with track God Approved Insurance Plan, which is probably the most like hardcore punk track on the record. And it it has like a very at-the-drive-in energy to it with the theatricality of everything. It It just has that vibe. And they pull it off really well but it just doesn't really lead into what's about to come, which is a an interesting way to open the record. Yeah, I, I really enjoyed how this started out, really. Um, it, well, at the time, I thought, like, yeah, it's letting you know right out the door that it's going to have this big sound, which it doesn't end up having. But yeah, th this track um, alone does have that big bass, big drums, and then uh, like a screechy guitar, which was really cool. I thought it was really cool. Um, I, yeah, I really enjoyed that guitar riff as well. The singing was like at the point it could have been overboard, but I, I actually really liked the level, the the tone was, and I wasn't sure how sustainable that would have been. But I think throughout it didn't do it too much. Um, and I think it was just enough for this track. Yeah, I really liked this one. Um, I loved the title of the track. I just thought that was really fun. 
and I actually didn't mind so much that it kind of the, the sound that they create on this like very short punchy track doesn't necessarily bleed through the whole album I quite liked that it kind of meant that when I then listened to the following track and then the rest of the album from there I was a bit kind of unsettled which I actually didn't mind I kind of felt it was a bit almost intentional on their part with a lot of the themes of the album of kind of being promised one thing and getting another particularly with kind of growing up in a certain religion where there's this expectation and then you don't fulfill such expectations when you reach adulthood and form your own opinions and perhaps move away from what you were raised to believe so I quite enjoyed that um and also I just really enjoyed it as a song I really liked the the kind of that immediate wall of sound that you're faced with and it was another one where I was like oh yeah this is one that I can imagine like screaming in my room I was like I knew like a bar in I was like teenage me would have loved this like teenage me would have had this full blast in my bedroom absolutely screaming it just like no one understands me but this song gets it um and I think (laughs) yeah I just really really enjoyed it for for that kind of hit of nostalgia as well um but it also I just thought it was a really good short punchy song Next up, we get I Want to Start a Religion with You, which opens with this really driven synth sound. It has that, like, really kind of grungy, like, distortion to it that I associate a lot with Archeria hardware synths. Like, they all have that drive dial that gives you that kind of tone to it. One thing I want to mention at this point about the the album as a whole, actually, is I feel like the synth sounds are really well designed and they fit in, which doesn't happen all that often on this type of record like often it'll be kind of they've chosen a preset and it kind of works and then in the back end they've eq'd it to try and make it kind of fit in there but there seems to have actually been quite a lot of thought put into how the sound is designed from and and how it's going to kind of work with the rest of the song and they're more prominent than you'd normally hear on a kind of emo record and that follows through to, in this track, you get some vocoder vocals, or maybe it's a talk box. I can never really tell the difference, to be honest. Um, which is like just a weird little production accent. Um, and yeah, from this point on, like this is what where I really enjoy the sound. I mean, I, I like At The Drive-In, and I like them doing At The Drive-In, but I don't know, there's just something kind of intoxicating about the, the whole kind of sing-along emo pop kind of record and i just think this one's done really well yeah i really liked this track um i wrote down tasty drums and the delicious melody i don't really know what point i was trying to make there but i think essentially the takeaway is that i enjoyed it tom's gone but someone has to make the food (laughs) the food analogy (laughs) (laughs) um but yeah i really liked it i liked the kind of shift of tone um particularly from the first track and this is where I kind of really started to listen to the lyrics and I really enjoyed the themes they were introducing because um, as much as like going back now and re-listening to God Approved Insurance Plan, I hear the lyrics much more. Like on that first listen, I was it was difficult to make out actually what they were screaming. <laughs> um, so I liked that this actually, it, you really got that vocal coming through um, and the way that they played with it and really kind of emphasised the vocals as an instrument 
as part of the whole arrangement of the song rather than it being like the melody was arranged and then the vocals kind of slapped on it um I really liked how it all kind of melded together um and yeah I just I wrote down so many of the lyrics because I just really enjoyed them um the kind of repetition of just for once make some time for me Jesus died at 33 I was like wow that's you know the little kind of lapsed catholic in me was like wow damn that that's hitting something um but yeah I just really enjoyed it and I liked as well how this set up a lot of the themes of the album um I also like my last note that I've put for this song is just symbols at the end is visceral um and from memory of the song I think I mean like I really enjoyed how it kind of built um as a song and then you're kind of getting all of these feelings um, that are coming through the lyrics and the melody. And then at the end with the symbols, it feels like that culmination of all of the complicated feelings that come from exploring those themes of religion and loneliness and identity and all of that, you know, juicy stuff. Um, and I thought the symbols at the end, I just, I, lo- I love a good symbol. For me, it was the like rolling drums at the end, which for really visceral for me um yeah that's one of my favorite parts of the song actually was like right at the end with those drums but how it started as well i really enjoyed it started off with like that darker sound with those synths you were speaking of will um but then it transitioned to that more hopeful sound that more like punk pop sound i guess um yeah i i i I thought it was a nice transition into a more hopeful sound, but I think I would have preferred the the sound from the first track. But yeah, um, I think the interpretation was still pretty good. Next up, we get Goodnight Tomb. And for me, this could have just been like just a catchy tune, but it's the details that really take it above that. I mean, you get kind of this call and response vocal with some interesting processing on the backing vocal. You've got like, interesting percussion like i've mentioned before where there's like one sound that i think you only hear once in the song that's just panned hard it just happens in the background but it's just little bits like that and the moment where all of the instrumentation drops out and you get the the chorus shouting god damn i'm happy like you know it's kind of a simple win but it's just it just mixes things up um and going into the lyrics a bit i really like this um it's for me it's incredibly vague but it's kind of this straightforward love song, but they add in these lines like, uh, you remind me of him and talking about like your hands remind me of his hands. And it's left very open to the point where you could kind of read it as about maybe a previous love or maybe someone abusive from their past. It's kind of open for the listener to inject whatever they feel on top of it. But it still it still feels to me like it's got enough specificity to kind of work as a song and not just feel like they're kind of airy fairy not nailing anything any of the details of the story down for the listener for me it was the tone of the vocals i don't think i've listened to the lyrics enough i'll be honest um but the the tone of those um emo sounding vocals um were back and that's just something i really enjoyed um some things i didn't quite enjoy about this track was how at some points it built up but didn't white payoff as how i wanted it to 
Um, but then later on, it does get more intense and it does it feel like it does pay off. Um, but then also, the, I wasn't the greatest f- um, fan of the guitar riff, especially when the um, bass joins in with it. It just feels very cheesy and kind of out of place, really. Um, but I still enjoyed it. Yeah, I also enjoyed the track. I liked the different levels I felt that they had in the song. Um, again, that kind of the screaming of God damn, I'm happy was another one that I was like, wow, if teenage me had heard this, it, it would have blown her mind. Um, and I quite liked it. It felt like a bit of a, like some of the guitarists, I know what you mean about them being slightly cheesy, but it felt like almost like slightly nostalgic to me um, of like old school indie music or pop punk music, which I yeah just quite liked as a little nod to that. Um, the English lit major in me has gone and overanalyzed every single lyric on the album. So <laughs> <laughs> I also really enjoyed the lyrics <laughs> about uh, the hands, the I can't look at your hands because they look just like his. And yeah, I also thought there could be kind of multiple meanings with that, um, with like past romantic love or things like that. But I also, I think again, coming from the religious themes that had already been introduced in the album, to me, I also thought of um, with Christ when he was crucified, the holes in his hand. And that's like a big thing in Christianity. Um, I'm not going to bore you with all of the details. Um but essentially, I was like, oh, that's really interesting because that's a play on the religious aspect, but also like the inherently violent aspect of that as well. And then I was like, oh, maybe it was a reference to the violence of the crucifixion and that being shown in his hands, but also suggesting like a violent past relationship. And I was like, oh, there's just lots of layers there. Um, I could overanalyze it forever, but I just really enjoy- enjoyed that bit lyrically. Um and yeah, I just I thought this song was again kind of like well placed following the first two tracks because it kind of brought in those different levels. So it had that kind of more conventional indie emo sound that the second track had, but also had that scream shout, God damn, I'm happy, which was like a callback to the first track. So I quite at this point in the album, I was like, oh, this feels very uh, kind of cohesive, which I really enjoyed. On the previous track, we were talking about endings, and Mega Church, I think, has a particularly good one with kind of this sh- uh, string crescendo that that builds up to the end. Um, it's kind of a slower paced track. It breaks up the tracks around. I don't think it was one of my standouts in my first few lessons, really. Um, but it's definitely a song that could grow on me if given time listening to this record. I actually really liked Mega Church on first listen. I feel like on kind of repeat listens of the albums it's uh, other tracks have kind of overtaken it but certainly on first listen this really struck a chord with me um I liked there was that kind of contrast in vocals I think on this track they felt much more vulnerable um and it I I enjoyed the idea of that vulnerability of the vocals with the con like contrasting with, with the idea of a mega church where you're part of this huge, huge thing. Um, and you can feel quite either, it can make you feel quite vulnerable and isolated if you feel lost within it, or you can get kind of swept up in the overwhelming kind of 
ecstasy of it almost. Um, so I enjoyed that. The lyrics as well. This is another one where I noted so many of them down because some of them just like really got to me. Um, I liked that there was a kind of, it, it, there was almost like a conversational thing where it kind of included lines that felt part of the mega church doctrine almost so things like we'll keep the gays from our children which hit me very hard um as a you know queer lapsed catholic I was like wow that's fun as a lyric <laughs> um but then that the kind of repetition of hurts to know we're on our own sad to know we're in control that felt much more uh coming from like an individual perspective rather from that mega church ideology perspective so I enjoyed that there was that kind of dichotomy there um and I also really liked with the vocals um particularly towards the end where you got a lot of those backing vocals it felt to me almost like a congregation singing at a mega church or like I don't know not quite Christian rock vibes but like leaning towards it where you get people fully like pounding out the lyrics about I don't know, Jesus walking on water or something. Um, And I enjoyed that there was that kind of almost nod to that, to the kind of uh, way that you can get swept up in the ideology of the music and the religion and the way that you can have a similar experience when you're at a gig and you're like part of a crowd that's all singing the same lyric, but you're coming at it from very different beliefs where like in a mega church, there's, you know, a lot more to unpack than at a gig where you're just vibing. Um, but yeah, I really enjoyed it as a track, essentially. Yeah, I definitely got those Chris- Christian rock vibes as well. And yeah, I'm pretty sure that was deliberate. Um, the build-up in this one was much better than the previous track. Um, built up and it paid off and it did what it needed us to do. And I was really happy about that. Uh, the guitar did feel a bit too like ad libby like it came in came out and it just didn't provide much function for me um but take that away and the rest of the track i just really enjoyed next up we get funeral plant and i love the kind of guitar run that goes into the big chords and like we were talking about on goodnight tomb it's very much like kind of noughties indie rock cheese and there are a few moments later on the album that feel that way too but i it's just like you were saying, Alice, it's kind of nostalgic and I don't know. I don't know how it's all play for people of other generations, but I don't know. It's just kind of fun. It works for me. Um, and I like how they repurpose that melody at the end where it kind of builds into the kind of instead of it being played and then having the big chords afterwards, it's all kind of going at the same time. And other aspects, if you listen in the chorus, it's actually a bit below the surface, but there's a really like kind of odd synth line that's got a lot going on with it that they've just kind of hidden in the mix there but it really fills things out and it sounds great um and i thought the vocal tone as well i thought this is a really strong track and it's one of my favorites yeah you mentioned that nostalgia i can just really feel people vibing with this track dancing along um yeah uh that's really what i've got about this this song and uh, the vocals did collapse into the mix a bit too much for me um but i really enjoyed that 
um, when it comes the contrast between the like the loud and the quiet that was like turned on and off, and that was really just really cool. Um, and I just think it was like a just a fun fun track that's called Funeral Plant. <laughs> yeah, I have to say, I ha- I really enjoyed all of the names of the tracks on the album, just like overall. Um, I just thought all of oh, the next one the next is one. a real treat. <laughs> the next one is a treat. Um, but yeah, I just really liked all the tracks. Um, yeah, this song again, I didn't like have a huge amount written down for it just because I felt, yeah, it was kind of a, a, a bit of a classic indie rock, punk, all of those kind of things. Hit all the right spots for the nostalgia. Again, it was one that was like, oh, yeah, this is this is a tune that I'd have loved as a teenager. I love now. It's just one of those solid tracks where I'm like, yeah, that that hits the spot of that kind of particular blending of genres and that particular vibe. Um, I, of course, wrote down some lyrics because when when do I not? Um, but I really liked the the kind of refrain of what was it about me back then? If you want, I can try to be it again. Um, I liked that that's kind of fed through the whole album, that idea of kind of who am I? Who was I in the past? Who am I now? Can I go back to that? All of those kind of themes. Um, I always really liked the exploration of identity in that way. So I enjoyed that as a kind of nod, but overall just thought this was a really solid tune. Next, we get to Jerking Off the Sky, which I can deal with some of the kind of <laughs> odd and nonsense song titles on the rest of the record. But this, oh, come on, guys. You can do that. <laughs> You're better um, than this. <laughs> I just think... <laughs> there, there are some interesting timbres on this rec- this song. And I, I, there's a weird kind of audio slave sound to the the bass and guitar in this one. I don't know if anyone else got that, but it just... Just reminded me of Audio Slave's debut album for some reason. Um, and the synths and the vocals play nicely together when they kind of come in at the same time. Creates a, a nice kind of texture that we haven't had in the record yet. Yeah, I I got that like really liked how they used the higher guitar and the the bassy deep bass. <laughs> um maybe that's the where, where the audio slave comes in. Um I wasn't so sure on the tone of the vocals, but the the orchestral parts suddenly come in at some points, and it felt really out of place. But I enjoyed it. <laughs> like I feel like it could have been put in other places, and it would have just like really like mellowed out the song. Um, kind of patched up the places where I would have wanted it patched up. Um, yeah, and I really. Enjoyed it the more it went on and i think that's kind of because it felt more of those orchestral parts came in um but yeah it, it kind of grew on me the title maybe not but the <laughs> the the sound of it did i feel like i as like i said the resident english lit major should do a bit of justice here and say that they didn't actually come up with the phrase that is the title jerking off the sky is from a Bukowski poem um if you don't know Bukowski he was a prick essentially um he was a very prolific writer and he thought very highly of himself um and yeah did a kind of lot of 
what I suppose he would have termed like edgy writing. Um, so I quite enjoyed them using this as a title um, for the song, just because firstly I was like, oh, it's a bit of a shockwave, which I just like. But also I enjoyed the reference to literature because I'm a nerd, um, but also the reference to a kind of writer who was complicated and complex and really thought of themselves as complicated and complex. And I liked how that then fed into <laughs> the idea, um, the ideas within like the song, but also like across the album of being kind of full of multitudes and all of those kind of things. Um, so yeah, I just liked the intertextuality of that. Um, in terms of the song itself, it, yeah, I liked, I kind of wrote down that it, um, one of the first bits I wrote down was that it feels more anthemic. I don't even know if I'm saying, every time I say that, it feels like it's not a word, but like an anthem, <laughs> which is the, it, I know it's a word, but it doesn't feel like it should be. <laughs> it feels like I'm not saying a real word. <laughs> um, but yeah, I put down, it feels more anthemic. And then kind of later in the song, I was like, oh, wow, no, it really becomes anthemic. And it was one of those songs where I think it would be fantastic to hear live um I think it's one of those ones where you can really kind of feeling like the crowd around you singing that would be a really special experience um and I enjoyed that I enjoyed the kind of like you're saying James the kind of orchestral bits that came through um it's not necessarily like my favorite song off the album or like a particularly stand-up one but I did enjoy it and I enjoyed that kind of switch to more of an anthem I'm not going to say anthemic again. <laughs> Next up, we get Machines Kept You Alive, which I thought was the the track on the back half that really showed off what they could do when they're like trying to experiment more. It has this kind of big dynamics being kind of the major theme throughout the, the sound of the track. But it's not like, like Pixies, right? They're a band known for big dynamics, like loud, soft stuff. Because it it just sounds a lot more artificial in a way, like it's like they're very quiet, and then and then they hit the limiter, and then they're very quiet <laughs> again. Like it doesn't doesn't feel like they're like smashing the drums. It's like they're just kind of launching up to this ceiling that they just kind of can't pass. And I'm not saying that's bad or good. It's just a different sound, and it's kind of an interesting one actually that I don't think I've really heard from another band. I like how. They're kind of using, they kind of allude to kind of breakbeaty type sounds with the drums as well. And they even go further into that with the vocals having kind of a spacey, delayed sound to them. So it, it almost kind of references kind of jungle or something. And maybe that's me bringing my, my taste into this. But it does kind of have that feel to it a bit. Yeah, I I feel like I should have hated this, but... It, it it was good. Um, I I was enjoying that you know calming vibe that I brought and like oh this is a nice break in the album to have this. Um, I'm really glad they have this here. But then yeah, it <laughs> it suddenly changes and goes polar opposite. Um, but yeah, I really enjoyed that sudden change and um, it really took the opportunity to yeah um just show what they can do and how they can experiment. And 
I can't remember a song. I remember a song that really does that and just yeah, it goes to that polar opposite. Um, and it it does go back to that kind of calming vibe as well. And I think it that transition works really well. Um, yeah, definitely one of my favorite tracks on the album. Yeah, I agree. This was yeah, absolutely one of my favorites. Um, that kind of slow, gentle pi- piano at the start. I was like, oh yeah, I'm a sucker for this kind of melody. Um, and then the lyrics, I was like, wow, these are beautiful. The God-shaped hole in me. I was like, that's stunning. Um, really bittersweet. I put it was kind of beautiful, plaintive, haunting. All of those buzzwords. Um, and then suddenly that distortion comes in. I quite liked that it wasn't Pixies-esque, I guess, where it, it because I felt like because the song is called Machines Kept You Alive, I liked that that kind of distortion and that disruption and shift in tone felt like it was machine formed. I don't know if I'm really explaining that right. I got but that I was well. like, oh, yeah. I enjoy this because it, it feels like a kind of self-referential in that way. Um which I really enjoyed. I enjoyed that as a song, it had that kind of unexpected shift. Um, I liked that kind of element of surprise there. And I felt it worked within the song. It wasn't done just as like a shock factor thing. I felt it actually worked. Um, And yeah, I liked that it was kind of machine vibes. Um, And then I also enjoyed that it then reverts back to that kind of slow melody. yeah, this is just one that I, I really, really enjoyed. I loved the lyrics. I thought the vocals as well. I really enjoyed how they felt. To me, I was kind of imagining like from almost from a distance or from another room or kind of, you know, if you're in a setting where you're watching a loved one who's who's kind of hooked up to machines, keeping them alive. And either you, th- there's that then distance in communication because they're being kept alive by a machine, whereas the um, implication is that that you are not you are kind of independently breathing and whatnot um and so I like that the vocals kind of felt like they were slightly distanced there was a slight distance there um but yeah really really loved this one as is often the case with kind of power pop and even emo records sometimes uh the back half I just feel like I haven't had enough time with to really have any meaningful thoughts beyond what i've said about the first half so the next three tracks blood in the milk goes back to the kind of catchier style veins in david's hand sounds like it'd be fun live fast tempo high energy quite short an estate sale like interesting drum beat sounds very much like a i mean it's very drum machiney type sounds which is quite different but otherwise i've not got much more to add about those three tracks um than we've kind of already discussed in detail about the first album. Yeah, I kind of felt similarly. I think this is why, like, overall, I kind of wanted the album to do a bit more with experimenting because I think also I was so taken with Machines Kept You Alive. I was kind of disappointed that then the rest of the album didn't experiment more. Um, so mm. I, di- I did enjoy kind of the next three tracks. Um, I kind of noted down like the odd lyric here and there because you know I'm obsessed with lyrics and I kind of noted down like oh catchy and you could screen sing this in the car but yeah there wasn't anything really stand out necessarily that I kind of picked out as being 
incredible from these tracks. Um, I think just that the only other kind of thing I could pick out is with Veins and David's Hands, I just put that I really loved the drums. And that's about as kind of in-depth as I went <laughs> with my analysis there. I would I would agree with the eight and nine, Blood in the Milk and rain, Veins in David's Hands feeling a bit, you know, not too different, not too interesting. Um, yeah, Blood in the Milk, I was pretty indifferent about. Uh, then Veins in David's Hands. Yeah, it, it feels like one of those tracks that has that big vibe again. Um, fun track, but I'm still quite indifferent. Estate Sale, though, track 10, I really enjoyed that big, juicy simp coming in right at the start. I thought that was like a big moment, a really great moment of the album. And I, I really enjoyed how the whole song felt like a question almost. Um, feel like it wasn't resolved at any point, really. I really enjoyed that. And I, I really enjoyed how the electronic um influences came in a bit more and uh, yeah i feel like that was the ex experimentation here um and then this nice soulful guitar came in uh, at the end uh, as a solo and i just really like that track the penultimate track's called woods 2 and i did a bit of research because the name is obviously intriguing uh they released a track called woods on their 2014 album oh common life but from the very quick time I listened to it just before we went started recording, it doesn't sound the same as this. So presumably it's a thematic sequel, I guess. Um, but I haven't really had time to look into it. Um, this one kind of, even when I was listening to it, I noted down that it has like a Franz Ferdinand style, like fast strummed chords. Very much plays into that kind of noughties indie type sound. And... This is the one that I picked out. If this was going to be a really popular album, I think this would be the big breakout single from it. Just because it's got kind of sparser verses, so there's not so much going on. You can focus on the vocals. The chorus is quite simple as well. It it just has that more kind of straightforward pop song that's going to kind of uh, connect with the masses feel to it compared to a lot of the earlier tracks which are anthemic as l said but maybe a bit more complex in in the way they're constructed yeah i suppose like i get i get what you're saying there i really enjoyed the guitar i think partly just because i just liked it but also i think again it was that nostalgia thing where yeah it does have that kind of franz ferdinand feel it, it when it when it opened with that guitar i was like oh yeah this is another track that it wasn't necessarily something that felt standout or anything kind of hugely innovative, but it was a good track. It was, it felt like a solid tune to me again. It was another one where I was like, I'd have loved this as a teenager. I'd love it. I love it now. Good, solid track. Um, which yeah, I enjoy. Um, and I'm glad that the track exists on the album, but I think, yeah, I was just kind of, this point that there wasn't a little bit more experimentation with this latter half of the album um but yeah did really enjoy the, the song i felt it was kind of again one of those kind of classics that i i know i'm gonna go back and listen to again and again 
yeah, for, for me, this wasn't quite a standout. Um, I mean, I can understand why it would be a standout, but it wasn't like for me. Um, and I, I kind of grouped that track was two and the final track. How did it used to be so easy um, together? Because they're very major, very pop, and yeah, it's just not something, not really my thing. Um, but I f- did feel like it was a kind of a, just a a pleasant way to the end of the album. Let's get on to that final track. Uh, how did it used to be so easy? Am I, am I just getting the grammar wrong, or is this a reference? Like, shouldn't there be a D on the end of that use? Is there not? I think that's fine, isn't it? How did it used to be so easy? There's no D. <gasps> oh my gosh, there's not. I just read one in. Exactly, yeah. You just put it in in your mind when I was writing down my notes. for the. I, I double took. I had to go and check another streaming service to make sure it wasn't just that's a typo. That's my mind. Music, is it but... In the, but it's in the question, so I don't... Hmm. Anyway, uh, I like the cleaner guitar tones. It was a, a nice shift. Uh, there are like the synth arps that start from the beginning and they have this very nostalgic feel to them. It's something quite different for the record. Um, the melodies have this very Future Islands-y feel to them, actually, in tone. I, it took me a while to figure out who does that really remind me of? And Yeah, Future Islands. It's just a slightly odd note to go out on. I think thematically, it, I guess it kind of makes sense. I haven't really looked into the lyrics, but I guess maybe taking more of a rose-tinted glasses look at the past based on the song title. But I feel like this would have been an interesting kind of experimentation earlier on in the album, and then they could have gone out on one of the bigger moments. And then even right at the end, you get these like three snare hits that close out the whole album, and it just feels very unresolved, which, I don't know, it... it this kind of album, for me, I want it to have a big finish. And this, while being, a, I think, a, actually a really good song, it just kind of wasn't that big finish I was expecting. So it it kind of played against my expectations and felt uncomfortable as a finishing point. Yeah, I agree. I really, I, I like that it ends on those drums, but I didn't like that that ended the album. I liked the end of the song, but I feel like you said the song could have been placed somewhere else. And I think I'd have enjoyed that ending more as a slightly disconcerting ending. Um, but yeah, as an end to the album, I just felt a bit like, oh, that's not quite what I was expecting. But then I suppose the whole album shifted what I was expecting at random points. Um, that's honestly blown my mind about the lack of D on use. Uh, did not notice that. Even in my notes, I wrote down that it had a D in it. Just literally went over my head. So that's fun. Um, for someone who claims to love lyrics, clearly don't pay that much attention. Um, <laughs> yeah, I did note down like a couple of the other <clears throat> lyrics, which, again, it was like all of that religious ideology, particularly that kind of American megachurch Christianity ideology, Again, I felt like a lot of the lyrics and a lot of the melody kind of felt like more of the same from other songs that were already on the album. So as a track, it didn't feel like, again, it just kind of wasn't stand out to me. Um, I did enjoy it. Um, I felt like the, the slightly more hopeful quality to the song was quite nice. 
Um, and I quite liked that, particularly having like gone through it with machines keep you alive. I was like, oh, it's nice to have a bit of hope. Um, but it it was just strange to me as as the album closer. I think I, I enjoyed it as a song, but not as the album closer. I was just looking up the grammar for it, but I came across a lyric video which is not official. Just someone uploaded the song to YouTube. Uh, naughty, naughty. But um, <laughs> yeah, they, they added in the D naturally as well. So I guess it's not just us. We've ruined it for so many people. Anyone <laughs> yeah. who comes and listens to this podcast is going to have this song ruined because they can't unsee the fact that I feel like it's like some sort of like no thought D. experiment. I don't know what the point is, but I feel like I'm part of a social experiment I didn't consent to be part of now. You're so busy looking at jerking off the sky that you don't realise this. <laughs> I've swept up in Bukowski jerking off the sky. Well, that's it for our review Fireworks, Higher Lonely Power goes in at number one in our album rankings for season three. I thought that yeah. too. I'm glad we're on the same mm. level. nice that we've all agreed there. Yeah, yeah. Right, now on to upcoming releases. What's coming out this week that you need to know about? First off, Complete Mountain Almanac are releasing a self-titled album. This is a project from Rebecca Carriord, Jessica Desner, Bryce Desner and Aaron Desner. You might know Bryce and Aaron Desner from being members of The National. You also might know Aaron Desner for being a recent collaborator with Taylor Swift on her kind of folky indie albums. You might also know him as a producer for Local Natives and Sharon Van Etten, among a bunch of others. Quite a prolific producer. Also one half of Big Red Machine with um, Justin Vernon of Bon Iver. So yeah, very prolific. This should be an interesting record. Uh, next up, Kimbra is releasing her new album called A Reckoning. So if you're in the mood for a pop album this week, that's one to go for. Yumi at Six are releasing their new album, Truth Decay. I've actually quite enjoyed some of the singles from this. I mean, it, it's Yumi at Six. If you think they're bad, you're not going to like it. But uh, it's a lot better, I think, than a lot uh, a lot of their recent stuff, which has been post-Night People. I just feel like they went too far into the pop direction and it became a bit bland for me. I feel like they're getting back to something a bit interesting here. And finally, White Reaper are releasing their fourth album. It's called Asking for a Ride. The singles have been amazing. I would highly recommend checking this one out. They're really bringing in lots of different influences for this one, and I have a soft spot in my heart for White Reaper anyway. I think they're great. So yeah, check that one out if you're in the mood for a big loud american rock album that's it for upcoming releases and that's it for the show thank you for listening thank you james and l for joining me if you'd like to hear more from us you can follow us on twitter at unmuted weekly if you'd like to get in touch with us you can email us at unmutedunmastered at gmail.com i can now announce that the album for next week is ryuichi sakamoto's 12 <laughs>